friggin' love Goulburn. Max and the sewage treatment plant in the north to the abattoir in the south. I feel some affinity for Goulburn. It's a hell of a ballsy place. The other awesome thing about Goulburn is arriving here in a delightful conveyance such as this. Now, most people would not relish this as a proposition, I know, but it strikes me that if you're on the cusp of buying a van for your main gig, your ass is going to spend at least as long in it as mine has in that just now. So, here's exactly what you need to know. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap <laughs> for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, up there's there. Or you can just click the card that might be up there, dude. If you're in the market for a van, you're probably shopping the Staria Load against the Toyota Hiace. Let me lay this out for you on fundamentals, okay? Staria Load and Hiace are basically the same price and the same size within millimetres. Hiace has a bigger engine, a 2.8 diesel versus 2.2 for the Hyundai. Both of them are turbocharged and intercooled. Toyota's 2.8 diesel is widely deployed and it's shared with the Hilux, Fortuna and the Prado. Hyundai's 2.2, ditto about widespread deployment. You'll see that engine in the Santa Fe and Palisade and also Kia Sorento and Kia Carnival. So there's no surprises there, good or bad in either case. Hyundai's engine is smaller, but it goes just as hard essentially and it's been more reliable historically than Toyota's. Anyway, performance is going to be line ball between both of those vehicles, but Staria Load promises 15% better fuel efficiency according to the official standardised tests, and that could be pretty important to you detail-wise if you are going to clock up big Ks in your van and you want to maximise profit at the end of the day because, hey, you're running a business, right? And the bottom line matters. Hiace only <laughs> tows 1,500 kilos, which is hardly trivial when you think about it. Notionally, Staria Load tows 2,500, but the tow ball download limit on the Staria Load is only 100 kilos. So in practice, that's going to limit you to something like 1,500 kilos aggregate trailer mass in any case. Both vans have just over a tonne of payload with the high ace slightly ahead there, but it's a photo finish. 
If manoeuvrability matters to you, you know, 20 point turn with twist and pike in the inner city kind of thing, then you need to know that the Toyota will 180 itself in one hit if the curbs are no less than 11 metres apart, while the Hyundai needs almost one metre more at 11.94. There's a great camera system on the Staria load, however, and you can set it up however you want. You get an overhead 360 degree view, split screen, side view, whatever. If you're in sardine can parking mode from time to time, that camera system is really helpful. And so are the low sills on the doors and the big mirrors. A bit of aerodynamics porn right there next to the mirrors. Four big fat vortex generators right there. It's a means of re-energizing the flow and stopping it noisily, turbulently separating as it passes through that quasi-venturi area because the pressure drops. And yes, I do know that it is tantamount to heresy to use the word aerodynamics in a report on a box quite this big. Staria is very safe too, inclusive of the centre airbag that stops you getting head-butted by Mars, the apprentice. Worst case scenario in a crash. Mars does have a pretty hard head too, generally, I note. Just today, Staria Lode was awarded five stars by ANCAP, together with the Staria People Mover. It scored 85% for adult occupant protection, 65% for vulnerable road user protection, and 74% for safety assistance technology. Child occupant protection was unrated because it's a van, but the Staria People Mover scored 86% on the child safety front. So that's encouraging. Now, back to Hiace. It is a rear driver while the Staria is a front driver. Hiace has a six-speed automatic, whereas the Hyundai has eight. And realistically, I think the smaller displacement engine, together with the additional transmission ratios, is going a long way to explaining the Hyundai's lower thirst for fuel. Of course, actual consumption in either case is going to be dependent on operational factors, mainly how hard you flog its tits off when it's heavily loaded. Staria Load is built on the Santa Fe platform, but there is no all-wheel drive option in the van, despite the Staria People Mover copying all-wheel drive, at least in diesel. I can't help but fantasise, however, about turning up one day at Dingo Piss Creek in an all-wheel drive Staria Load. The better to plonk myself between two beards stroking bogans and their respective Norels in their 200 serieses and their three and a half ton acoustically transparent aluminium chitoires. It's just a kind of bogan heresy pipe dream, isn't it? Just drive right up effortlessly in your all-wheel drive Staria load, pumping out some Marilyn Manson fat beats, probably Saint, and just start unloading the Tiffany's. There's almost five cubic metres of load space in a Staria load, which is enough for what? 28 to 30 Tiffany's, I suppose. That would be about 170 litres per Tiffany. Seems fair. There's an elephant in the room coming up with the Staria load. But first, this intermission of sorts is sponsored by Tiffany's. 
Not the luxury brand, the collective global Tiffany, the one like the Force from Star Wars, only made up of the souls of a million Ming Mole hotties throughout the galaxy. The great Tiffany in the sky, Tiffin Yoda, with whom I, let's call it, uh, Vulcan mind meld on a regular basis, sometimes even twice a day at my age. She wants me to tell you that your Tiffany, i.e. the specific Tiffany in your life, is suffering. She's in terrible, terrible pain. And only you can help. Doubtless your Tiffany has already told you what she wants for Christmas. There's probably a list headlined by, typically, a Louis Vuitton speedy bandolier. But only the one with the cherry lining, dude, because, you know, the pink is... <coughs> Do try to keep up. It's not that hard. But paradoxically, your Tiffany doesn't actually want that at all. This is just an insidious test, dude, of how much you really love her and, of course, her bolt-on accessories. Thinks and says, like, they all do it. And you need to get this right, because Christmas at Tiffany's is not a frickin' dress rehearsal. She doesn't actually want that handbag, okay? That's just camouflage. It's a decoy. She's setting you up to test you. Your Tiffany deeply desires, she lusts after, an Olite Warrior 3 tactical torch. Do they all do. Why do you suppose she cuddles up next to you to watch Resident Evil Zombie Bloodfest Redux? It's just a desperate cry for attention. And I am happy to help, dude. There's still a few more hours before the Olight pre-Jesus' birthday sale ends at midnight tonight. Link in the description. Hey, you're welcome, dude. I'm happy to help. I can only imagine the look of surprise and amazement when your Tiffany unwraps this sincere expression of your love on Christmas morning. She'll never forget how well you understand her. Right at that moment. Guaranteed. And look, in the unlikely event that she just leaves it in the underwear drawer ultimately, and Christ knows they can be somewhat fickle like that, there's nothing to stop you from slipping it quietly into your own pocket. But after a suitable period of mourning, obviously, bezel down using the reversible pocket clip. And then you can use it for your own everyday carry. It'll remind you of that memorable Christmas morning and also help you to disorient zombies while you execute a textbook failure drill. And I think we all want that. Deep down. Link in the description. What are you waiting for? So, Staria Load is comfortable enough and very well equipped for a van. It's stacked, just like your Tiffany and mine. Fully loaded. Looks like we got us a convoy. Happily, 
I did not need a physio after two hours in it on the freeway, talking about the van, keep it clean, and two hours back, no physio, and it's easy enough to get in and out of as well, still talking about the van, which is important if you've got a whole suburb's worth of online lockdown shopping to deliver five days a week, in and out, in and out, in and out. Just fish week all over again. Unladen, the Staria Load has that jittery ride characteristic that's emblematic of a vehicle that's designed to accept something like 800 kilos of really heavy crap every day. You can just tell that with three or 400 kilos on board, the ride is going to be substantially better and beyond adequate in the context of a van. So I'd suggest if you're a tradie with half the national debt in Makita power tools and sundry other items always on board, the ride is gonna be beyond acceptable. But I suppose if you're a delivery contractor, the trip to the depot in the morning and then the trip home in the evening, both ways unladen, that might just be a little bit bouncy. Now, to put that in context, Goulburn is a couple of hundred k's away from my joint and I drove it essentially dead empty both ways. And the ride wasn't terrible. It was just a little bit bouncier than ideal. It was certainly quiet enough at highway speeds too. And I'd suggest the ideal way to test that is dead empty because it's got the maximum potential to turn the load space into a big reverberating boombox. And it was quite okay. I did like the overall powertrain refinement and the performance, especially unladen, and the adaptive cruise control worked awesome, in particular in the dense traffic on the freeway on the way home, which is, let's face it, when you're likely to be tired, when you'd really benefit from that kind of thing, and it did really well. It's such a plus over previous generations of most vans, many of which did not even have standard cruise control until quite recently. Android Auto worked seamlessly for me as well, and frankly, Google Maps is so much better than every car maker navigation system ever. Google Maps can find you everything you need in a strange place in seconds, right? Nearest massage therapist, ammo shop, <laughs> rubber dog shit retailer, whatever. Car maker nav is like dealing with a brain injury. I made quite a few calls too, mainly to various random motoring journalists. I just blocked my number and shouted at them to implore them to say what they really think in future instead of that over-sanitized amorphous press kit regurgitation. And then I just hung up, but I suspect they knew who was calling anyway. Apparently the call clarity was quite good, that's what they told me later. The default instrument cluster is, however, reasonably awful. You've got a digital speedo and a digital taco sitting inside these roundish enclosures, like let's call them gauges, but they've got no actual analog number presentation. And frankly, that's just a wasted opportunity and it's awful. And the let's call it futuristic presentation of the instrument cluster makes it look like something of a stuck on afterthought. And a digital taco is about as useful as a third teat, right? Not that you're probably using the other two anyway, dude. Conventional transmission shifter is pretty old school, but easy to operate. And the infotainment system looks great. The air con and the ventilation system also old school and very easy to use off the bat. So there's this odd mashup of conventional and futuristic in the cabin like they're having an each-way bed or something, or two different design teams worked on it and they weren't exactly on speaking terms or something. 
The sills on the doors are really quite low relative to the seat height as well. And on the plus side in relation to that, it's excellent for external vision and it makes the cabin seem quite open and airy. On the minus side, however, you can't crank the side windows right down. There's a heap of space inside the cabin itself, like more than enough for a mini fridge between the seats, plus there's heaps of storage in the doors, overhead, in the dashboard. You want to set it up like a full-on digital office with a mini bar and a dungeon with a saxophone holder and a whip and gag rack? Like, dude, knock yourself out. Go for it. Approved. Twin sliding doors are a real plus as well in the cargo space, and I tried them out on extreme slopes upon which I happen to live. So I can tell you that it's dead easy to open and close the doors, even with a pretty extreme nose up or nose down angle on the vehicle. And there's the option of either a center split barn type door at the rear or an overhead awning. And I guess the usage case there is a barn door for forklift access at the rear, if that's important to you, and a swing up hatch if you're a tradie and you want some under awning access to keep you out of the sun or dry if it's pissing down and you still need to pack some gear away or something. It's a big awning, like see it from space big, that's a huge hatch and those gas struts are clearly doing a mighty job. My final objective criticism here is the headlamps, which to me seem awfully underpowered. So it's a strong bet that you'll be wanting a light bar on the front of this vehicle at the very least before too long, and this could be more of a challenge than it seems up front, because you'll need to engineer the placement of that around the forward-looking camera and the emergency braking slash adaptive cruise radar transceiver. There is, however, rather the substantial elephant in the room isn't there. And we need to have a straight chat about that. And you need the context to get this right, okay? In the olden days, BC, before COVID, well after Arthur Philip dropped anchor at Shitsville Heights, the king of mediocrity himself, Big Butts I, he governed a proud race of Australian tradies and delivery subcontractors who were indentured to their high aces by virtue of a de facto royal decree. Everything seemed to work out okay. Obviously, there were occasional squabbles at the border, the memorable Battle of the Kia Pregio, and a few minor sort of Mitsubishi Express skirmishes, but nothing too serious. Order was quickly re-established. Or, as Big Butts would have seen it, freedoms bestowed correctly, once again, upon the working class. But then, one fateful day at sunset in... Uh, 2008, I think, a South Korean horde dumped its eye load right in front of the palace's portcullis. This was a carefully planned and well-executed terror attack, as King Butts saw it. Oh, what a feeling, he opined, regally, after the initial discomfort of the 40-grit eye load enema had abated. And I have to say, this was a sustained and successful attack by those South Korean upstarts, which had only been selling cars in Australia for 22 years at that point. It's 35 years now, just saying. King Butts was forced to concede territory to the Enema bus, as it quickly became known in the palace at Altona. And it was a dirty, asymmetric fight by the upstarts. The Enema bus came with a raft of advanced features for a van such as doors that unlocked at the press of a button and windows that needed not three minutes of 
manual cranking to go from open to close. They used the miracle of Alexander Graham Bell's electricity to just like this, as if it was magic. The Enema bus did not have cruise control, though, memorably. His Royal Highness, King Big I, he was on the cusp of losing, and therefore desperate, unregal steps were required. He had to try a bit harder with the product. He hated that. And it's fair to say that he did, ultimately, like after 10 years of basically sitting around on his ass and doing bugger all. New Hi-Ace, finally, is actually a pretty compelling van. Who knew that was possible? And, as I see it, the one thing more than anything else that new Hi-Ace has going for it is this. It doesn't look ridiculous. Staria load, like, especially the white one. It looks like Rebel Wilson and Robocop had a few too many drinks one fateful night, and then one thing led to another, and now we just have to deal with it, right? Staria load looks so ridiculous that if Elon Musk went back in time and called a fucking press conference in 2019 to unveil Staria Load only with a Tesla badge and a different name, like, I don't know, the Model V or the Cybervan, by now he'd have a million pre-orders and his 66 million Twitter disciples would be reiterating what a forward-looking genius he is again. Still, whatever. It's that ridiculous. However, I'd suggest if you are merely a self-respecting tradie like an ordinary dude, you are self-evidently going to cop an endless mountain of shit from real men in their ranges when you lob on site to fix the downlights or something in Yostaria load. You just are. Endless. And I find it absolutely hilarious that no other reviewer in Australia is brave enough to say this. This is an elephant in a freaking phone box. They'll call it distinctive or futuristic or words of this nature. Like, this is what a media addicted to ad revenue looks like, fundamentally. Terrified of a call from some marketing director expressing his opprobrium and threatening to turn off the tab because what a reviewer said hurt his feelings or made him cranky. It's a sickness, a sickness with no balls. This is a cultural thing, right, on a building site, at a mine site, servicing some giant hydraulic ram on an enormous rig or something. If you don't fit in, you cop endless shit, hashtag Australia. In these places, okay, if you lob in a Staria load, your shit filter will quickly need unplugging. Like, Trev, bring the plunger stat. Make it the big one. In a high ace or even a Mitsubishi Express slash Renault traffic, not so much. You'll be tolerated or at least you'll fly in under the radar, right? Staria load looks ridiculous. This matters. This will matter to some people. The Staria people mover, I mean... At least it's upmarket ridiculous, inclusive of its mascot. <sighs> Miniature Asian Carl Sagan. What a great concept. Way to make the people mover mainstream. Well done there, marketing department. <laughs> what was second prize? We'll never know.
the only light at the end of the tunnel of Robocop love child serial killer van aesthetic absurdity, try saying that with a bottle of red on board, is this. If you own a business that operates a fleet of vans and you need street presence for marketing, then this ridiculosity could actually really rock for you. It's quite hard to make a white box on wheels look distinctive. But they certainly have achieved this, haven't they? And not by a small margin. This vehicle protrudes in traffic like the balls on a big black canine. Yes. So if you need a futuristic distinctive canvas for your mobile fleet of whatever, I don't know, Jim's serial killers perhaps, then I think we've found a real winner. I'm already seeing the vinyl wrap and also on the vehicle.